But welcome back to another edition of the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. I am Cynthia Conte and the lovely lady in green. Lady in green. <laughs> That's so not the song, but I'm Giandra LaBeouf and welcome back to another episode of the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. And I'm glad to be back with you. I know. This was a great weekend of boxing. Oh my goodness. Oh, undisputed, undisputed, undisputed. Lots of good fights, lots of people, lots of divisions coming together. This is an exciting times. You know, the boxing is dead crowd is decidedly quiet right now because mm-hmm. boxing is very mm-hmm. much alive and thriving. It really is. I mean, we got to see some really good fights, really, really good fights on Saturday. Uh, we got to watch some Showtime fights, a Fulton fight mm-hmm. against Daniel Roman. I didn't get to see the full fight, but based on um, I saw the beginning of it, uh, Fulton was just doing his thing. Danny was having a very, very hard time. I love Danny. He's just such a good hearted soul. Um, even his post-fight presser that I read online and I saw, it was just so sweet. Mm-hmm. But where does Danny go from here now? He's still formidable. Hopefully he can get back out there, get another touch and continue on with his career because it's definitely not old, uh, not over. Uh, cool Boy Steph was a better man that night. And I love the just the the gentleman behavior afterwards of congratulating each other and commending each other on a great fight. It was just very, I love that. I love when even no matter the buildup, they didn't have any drama, but no matter the buildup, I love when fighters can come together and be like, good fight. Yeah. Shake hands and respect and move on. That was a good fight. And then also, if you didn't know, if you didn't see, we had the undisputed uh, lightweight uh, king, Mr. Devin Haney, no longer the email champ. He is the full undisputed champ, which is great. Full champion. Great. You know, he's been the, the butt of many jokes, uh, not to his own doing. Um, <laughs> shout out <laughs> to the WBC. And, <laughs> you know, the franchise uh, belt is not a thing. Did I see somewhere that he turned it down? Yeah, he did say he doesn't want the franchise uh, title because it, it caused so much drama. It, it, and, we, and to be fair, a lot of people still do not understand what exactly the franchise title is intended to do or what does it mean. Uh, so uh, he said, you know what, does it matter? I have the franchise champion. I have the WBC belt, which he's always had, and he has all the other belts. So, uh, But as of right now, the only thing that the franchise title can do is it helps you move to other weight divisions to um, secure your other belts in that it's say in the lightweight division he it secures his belt so he can go into the next division or whatever division he wants to fight in and hopefully fight for someone else's belts that's all it really does so uh but i you know what at this point it doesn't even matter because he has that rematch contractually that we really don't care to see against uh cambosos again in australia what i do care to see though is all that jewelry that he bought My for God. his team after the fight we are here in las vegas so <laughs> please consider us part of the team. We too would like some diamonds here at the Uh, Best Women's Boxing Show, period. We do not discriminate. We love diamonds. Bing! Diamonds are forever. No, but it was a good, it was a great win, Devin. Congratulations. Uh, It's funny that I pulled up my old interview with Ring when I first interviewed Devin when he was 17. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to edit out clips and highlights uh, that I'm going to put it on Ring and probably my channel, probably Ring because that's their footage, but it it was my video, Mm -hmm. but um, it was really good just to hear him say, you know what, one day I'm going to be a world champion. One day, and just to see his journey from that age to right now, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The young guys are running things. Salute to you, cool boy Steph, Javonta Davis, Shakur Stevenson. A lot of good fighters out there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the sport is in great, great hands. And then also yeah. uh, this week, I know that you guys are going to be watching this because um, Edgar Belanga mm-hmm. is fighting mm-hmm. again against Alexis Angulo. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Berlanga, um, I wasn't very impressed. Um, you know, he did win, absolutely dominated the fight, but he's built a career predicated on him being a knockout artist, and this was another consecutive fight with no knockout. But that's okay. That's okay. But 
it's we have to be not so quick to anoint people a certain way and let them just come into their own as fighters. So we'll see what he does with this one. I think so, too. I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting when you say that the knockout arts, because that's how that's how he was presented. Top mm-hmm. rank presented us. But that's all how that's how we fought. Uh, but then the past, what, three fights, he's gone undis- excuse me, undisputed uh, unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he's been tested. He's been battle tested. But has he still be- was that enough for him to be battle tested? I don't think so. I think he still has a lot to learn. Um I think that uh, maybe, you know, just you want to put on the show. And for him being the headliner at Madison Square Garden, again at the Hulu Theater, uh, during the Puerto Rican Day Parade, like the day before, that's massive. So uh, honestly, that's 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 a lot of weight and stress to be on your shoulders to really represent your country. So I know he's going to want to show up and show out. Sadly, Xander Zayas was supposed to be on the card, yeah. and that was yeah. the most teary-eyed video that he put out that was he sick. was so sick. It was non-COVID related. It was a virus that he contracted. I think he maybe he got sick in Australia because he was in Cambosis's camp. Mm-hmm. But man, him crying and just saying he, he felt like he let everyone down. Xander, you did not let anyone down. The first thing is health. Get better. You, we know that you're going to get back in the ring stronger. Um, you know, God has a plan for you and this was just not the time for you. So just get better. That's all that that's all we care about. Exactly. They're definitely in the Xander diet Xander Zayas. <laughs> Xander Zayas building a uh, business over there at top rank. So again, like Sin said, get better, get back out there better than ever. And they're definitely in the Berlanga business. So hopefully this is a spectacular outing for him mm-hmm. and he can continue on. What happens if Berlanga wins? What happens next for him? Ooh, Because he is in the top piece. Let me see. I have that. He is in the top. I think he's number seven in the WBO because he has the NABO um, belt. He has a regional belt, the WBO, NABO, super middleweight belt. So obviously he's ranked. Then obviously you want to get one of those because you're ranked and you want to get in contention mode. Do you think if he does if he does very well, let's just say he knocks Angulo out. Is he ready for a, a world title just yet? I mean, it's a very competitive division. He, as you all know, he campaigns at super middleweight. And we look at the super middleweight division. We've got Kayla Plant there. We've got... uh, Uh, Obviously, Canelo. Canelo. (laughs) David Benavides. Oh, Ooh. Yeah, those are some okay, big now, names. This is a it's a glamour division. It it's become is. a glamour division. Ooh, if he fought Benavides, that would be a great another another chapter of Mexico versus Puerto Rico. Yeah. That could be a super duper great fight. It, but he's not ready. No, I don't think no. he's ready Still for David early. just yet. If David David can't be getting uh, or Edgar Bolonga, if there's Charlo, mm-hmm. Canelo, Plant, mm-hmm. you know, those are the fights that Ber- uh, Benavides needs to fight before taking a Berlanga fight. That's right. Because those are the fights that Benavides earned. Mm-hmm. He's earned. Even David Morrell, who fought this weekend, yeah, yeah, had yeah. a great fight. He's in the mix, too. So, Oh, yeah. He told, he said Benavides will he'll make him his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I love but how they talk their shit like that. They crazy. And then they show up at the fights, and they sit next to each other very nicely. Mm-hmm. And, and then they set it off on Twitter. And- oh, you know who's back on Twitter? Uh, our Twitter storm. Our Twitter... Uh, um, fights once again, talking shit. Miss Michaela Mayer and Miss oh. Alicia Baumgartner—they <laughs> are really putting it on. And honestly, it's not just for—it's not for talks and not for show. Uh, I guess Michaela was talking about that Alicia is just a one-dimension fighter that she can't go to the next degree or something like that. And there was some old footage someone posted of uh, Alicia back, back, back in the day. I don't I don't even know what fight this was. I don't even know if it was her pro career. I have no idea. But um, Michaela said, like, look, this, she's getting her ass beat. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it's some good, it's some good build up to the fight, but they really don't like each other. So at all. At all. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I hope that their promotional people, top rank and match room, please take advantage of it, capitalize on it, give them some background story, give us an all access type of uh, 
build up to the fight because they are working. They are working, promoting yeah. the fight, and it's getting people excited, and they deserve it. They deserve it. It's a, a, a another unified fight. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so sad, though, because... Then the undisputed goes to Chao Choi. Cha, cha, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't Hyun Choi, but honestly, I get it that they wanted the fight. They, I, I get Alicia wanted to fight Choi first. Mm-hmm. Then it would be undisputed. But I'm glad that these two ladies stepped up and said, "Fuck it." Choi's not wanting to fight. She's been like holding the belt for three years. So bad, she should not be doing that for real. So I do. Do I believe that Choi deserves the undisputed title? No. No, it's so strange. You know, they're so quick. I remember when Canelo got stripped and so many people get stripped of their belt. Yep. And she's been sitting on that like a uh, golden, like a golden, golden egg. Yeah. Golden egg. And I don't know. Something needs to happen with that. We need more movement and more enforcement of the rules. Stop letting people sit on belts. You know, it just slows down the whole sport. Well, they said that about Leo Santa Cruz. Like, how is he not fighting? He's had the belt mm-hmm. for three years. Then he eventually had to fight um, Tank. I mean, and we saw how that he got like, folded yeah. up like a lawn My chair. My God, sorry. Our, our, I'm trying to see if our guest that's supposed to zoom in anytime soon. But then, no, that's not part of. I'm like, that's not part of the thing. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Michael Woods. <laughs> Bring in our guest, Floyd Mayweather. No, is he here? Oh, our oh, guest yay! is here. And now we are joined by our very special guest multi-decorated champion, Olympic silver medalist, commentator, business owner, Roy Isms creator. When they stole my gold medal with Seoul Korea, look back at my whole career, cause y'all must've forgot. Let's bring in our guest, Mr. Roy Jones Jr. Woo! How y'all doing? Good, thanks for joining us, Roy. The pleasure is completely ours. Did you like her bars as she dropped? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> she was practicing earlier today. I, know. I had to get, my, I had to get, I had to get right. my cadence down. I had to get the cadence. I had to go back and make sure I had it right. So you get yes. it right. Thank you, thank you. But thanks for joining us. It is a pleasure to talk to you, and we're excited to talk about your your new venture, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. We're going to get into all of those things. So thanks again for making. You know, time. you forgot to say that he's an actor and a musician. That's right. Mm-hmm. And just all around good guy. Yeah. So we love that. I'm a big- you know what? Can I just say we miss you on HBO? We miss HBO, but we oh. miss you on HBO as a commentator all the time. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Roy. So um, I know that we are short on time, but thank you again for taking the time with us. But uh, we see this thing, Pro Box TV. And we've always said we are craving a good like club show with good announcers, good referees, good everything. And then this one comes out of nowhere. I remember Michael Woods kept saying, oh, I'm working for this company, blah, blah, blah. But I can't say it's so top secret. And there's all these like A++ people. I'm like, who is it? And the guy who's behind it, who started at Gary Jonas, obviously his background with Iron Mike promotions. Jonas, yeah. I, um, with Iron Mike Productions or promotions. Yeah. And then you guys, I mean, you, Marquez, Polly Malinaji, Anthony Tarver, that is a very stellar lineup that you guys all are all involved. Um, maybe I think you guys are all part owners, but goddamn, how how did this all come about? Because that's a lot of machismo going on, but damn, this is a really good uh a show, a club show, especially to be led by you guys. Uh, I think Gary had a vision. Gary had a very good vision. Uh, at the time, he had a friend of mine working with him by the name of John Piper. So John contacted me and said, hey, Roy, I had a guy down in South Florida is trying to do his thing with boxing. We want to start a boxing network. Would you be interested in being a commentator? I said, of course. I love commentary and I love talking and dissecting boxing for the layman people, for the layman eye, you know? So, of course, I would like it. So, when I came down and figured it out what was really happening, I became even more intrigued because we don't have a boxing network. We need something that keeps people up on the everyday sports news of what's going on in boxing. You know, it's like ESPN, all they report stuff, but they only report the big stuff. We need somebody to tell you who fighting this weekend. Um, why this guy lost last weekend? What happened to the fight last weekend? How was Devin Haney able to go to Australia in front of 50,000 people and beat the Australian guy? Mm-hmm. You know, we need somebody to be, we need someone to be able to report these things. You know, and uh, So when I realized that that's what he had, I thought it was a great idea, a great vision. I figured let me come down and see how it goes. So I've been here working with him uh, for the last few months and it's been working out pretty okay. Um, 
a few more things we got to change in, in the contracts and all, but other than that, it's been pretty good. I love that. I not only is it the I was reading through the description. It is the first um, service that's the, uh, global sports streaming and media for pro boxing. But I really love the price point mm-hmm. in a time where there are so many streaming services that are expensive. All of those streaming services add up. But this is a really, really affordable price point. How do you hope that? ProBox is going to impact this current landscape when there is a, a, a DAZone and then there's ESPN and ESPN Plus and, and Showtime and all these other premium things. You guys are offering something very unique and it's really, really affordable. First of all, the price is better than everybody else out, out there. So that's not a question. One that nine a month or $18 a whole year, nobody beating that price. Wow. Second of all, what you're getting, you're getting two of, you're getting three of them, probably the best boxing commentators around today. I mean, no, not to nobody else, but myself, Malinaji, and Tara, it's hard to find three guys as knowledgeable and who can deliver the message as well as us three can. So we all been in there. We all know all about it. It's not like people who haven't boxed before telling you about what's going on in a fight. It's a real, it's, it's, it's people that know the ins and outs and who can blame, who can explain to you the in and outs without it being a problem. Secondly, um, we have this, this this thing called the Last Chance Tournament. And to me, that's the biggest hit we got. We do have the Young Stars, too. But that Last Chance Tournament is something really special. We get eight guys who once were prosperous, who for whatever reason didn't make it, but still are trying to fight. Just that because they didn't cross the bridge the right time, they're not getting the right, the fair bridge back over. And now they got to swim. And they got to swim with sharks. And rarely, very rarely do people make it. Once they get tossed in that water, you know? So we're giving them a new bridge. All eight of them got to come across that same bridge, though. So we only want one person to make it across that bridge. And it's a really, really tough scenario, but it's good because it gives them a great opportunity. And guess what? If you look good in the tournament, somebody else might give you a fight now because mm-hmm. of, how good, of how good you look in the tournament. Uh-huh. So it's providing boxing with second, a second chance, with a second breath, uh, and I just think it's a beautiful idea. Third, we got the up, 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 uh, the stars of the future stars. The future stars are kids who are uh, were very illustrated as amateurs and that are probably going to be tomorrow's world champions. We got a few of those guys that we show you early. And with ProBox, you can follow their whole career. Not to mention we do podcasts. We do uh, you know, interviews, news, news things. We just try to keep you in the loop all around with boxing. So it's something totally different. You're getting way more than your money's worth because you get to hear debates. You get to hear all kinds of things, all boxing. I really love the podcast that you guys have put out. I mean, just even the clips. I mean, we know how Polly is. He just, he always speaks speaks his truth but for the fact that tarver and you it's just it's so insightful because you guys don't sugarcoat anything you guys say it like it is Uh, unlike a lot of other people in in the business they'll say things just to uh please the networks and not say things because they don't want to hurt other fighters feelings but you guys say it like the other day i just pointed out to jandra that tarver was had a whole dm conversation with uh roly romero Mm -hmm. roly put it out there and i I, I, I understand what Tarver was saying. It was just he was always looking out. He's only looking out for someone who's much younger. But um, I, And that's what I like about you guys, that you guys don't give a shit. You guys say it with your chest, and you guys are honest. And some people may like it, and some people not. And that's what we really need. That's what society needs. We need be, to be more straightforward and more honest. People don't tell the truth. There's so much going on behind our backs that we don't know about. And it's, it's getting crazy because... Every day is something new now. You know, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And you also criticize and crucified for telling the truth these days. So people shy away from the truth because the truth can get you ousted. But I mean, it's just a chance that we take. So we're going to tell the truth whether you like it or not. Absolutely. For the for the last chance uh, tournament, how did you guys go about vetting which guys that you wanted to participate in the tournament? Because right now the tournament is centered on um, the 140 pound division, uh, light welterweight division. So how did you guys select who you wanted to participate? Oh, that was kind of uh, we, we kind of collectively did it. Uh, they gave us a few guys. We went through it. We looked at them and we looked at the guys who we thought were most suited, suited for the situation. And um 
we could narrow it down to eight guys. We, we, we all agreed upon the 140-pound division. We're, we're doing the other divisions, too. Just This was our first one. So next time, we'll probably do a bigger weight, like a super middle or a light heavy. Then we'll drop it down to a 130. Then we'll go back up to a 160. Then I mean, we'll just keep going back and forth, in my opinion, to where I want to see it happen. Because we want to give everybody a fair yet equal opportunity. You feel me? Mm-hmm. What's uh, doing the 140? Why that division first? You know, there are tons of talented fighters. You could have selected any division to start with. Why that one in particular? Well, to me, it's one of the hotter divisions right now because I mean, you got to remember, you got all the lightweight kids who gonna come up to 140. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of the welterweights who can also go back down to 140. You got a lot of kids at 130 who gonna come up to 140. You got Tank there who can go anywhere between 130 and 140. So it's just like, I mean, it's a beautiful situation. So I can't see why we wouldn't do that because, in my opinion, it's one of the better weight classes right there in the middle. And it's letting people know that we're not just looking for the big guys, we're not just looking for the small guys. So we think we're starting in the middle. 140 is the middle, is kind of the medium guys for us boxing goes and the weight classes go. So we try to start somewhere in the middle. Well, as you know, our show is called the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. We do, uh, we're obviously, we're two women that lead the show and we lead in with women's boxing. So I'm looking at your website. How come y'all don't have female fights on your car, on your cards? Well, that's Gary. And I'm, I told Gary <laughs> that we got to get, we got to get to that because it's not, it's really, it's really hard because. There's not a lot of female fighters out there right now, but they're getting the, the, the numbers are growing. And I think we'll start at some point uh, doing it next year because I told we got to incorporate the women now because there are a lot of them that are getting into it and they need a platform just like the men do. So um, I'm sure next year we, we'll have a woman into it. Uh, I was there because I called um, you were doing the last HBO fights and I remember I was there because I called the 360 fights so it was the all female card where Cecilia Breakus fought and um, Clarissa Shields was also on the card and it was a, it was a stellar card uh, and that was crazy enough the final HBO fight now that we see that uh, how women's boxing has evoluted or the, the evolution of it so far with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor and then now Clarissa Shields fighting, uh, hopefully fighting Savannah Marshall soon and then now Michaela Mayer versus Alicia Baumgartner. When I say these names, are you a fan of them? Are you a fan of women's boxing in general? The Katie Taylor fight with Serrano was one of the best fights, no matter male or female, one of the best fights that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I was so glad to, that they were able to get that kind of fight to happen because women's boxing needed that. And I think that's going to prepare them into where they want to be at. You're uh, Roy, you always stay in shape. You look like you're in shape now. And we know you love to step back into the boxing ring. People are always attaching you to Anderson Silva. Do you think you want to step back in there too? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if he wanted, he can get it. Just a matter of time. You know, the last time we saw you in the ring was the Triller event versus Mike Tyson. That was a huge splash because that was when Triller was introduced to us. You and Mike Tyson. I, I mean, honestly, when we all watched it, Mike Tyson didn't look like he wanted. To, he he wanted to continue fighting. Uh, I think he just got in that zone of becoming Mike Tyson. You know, going back into training and in fighting uh, in fighting weight and doing all that. Did you like it? Did you enjoy that? Or do you like being behind the mic? I enjoyed it, but it's a little bit easier being behind the mic. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but that relapse, that relapse did help. And I enjoyed it. And I probably, because the bad thing about it is for me, I stayed in shape for so long that now without a fight, I won't get in shape. Anymore. I just kind of stay around 215, 220. And I just, I try to go to the gym, but I'm not motivated. Now, if Anderson say I want to fight, then I get motivated. I feel everything. But unless that happens, because the way my mind is censored, I just have a hard time making myself work for no reason. You need that why. But, I mean, just looking at you, Roy, I mean, you still look in shape. I mean, we have fighters now. We see them who are active, real active young fighters who, when they don't have a fight, they're blowing up like 30 and 40 mm-hmm. and, and 50 pounds between fights. And But you still have that instinct to keep yourself around. You know how much you weigh right now, even if of you're course, not. Of course. You know, so how do you keep your mind, your mindset together to even stay how you are because it would be very easy for you to blow up. Yeah, by the grace of God, I feel like God bless you with something. You should take care of it. God bless me with a nice temple 
that did serve me very well in my prime, why should I just crap on it now? Why just let it get out of whack now? Why not continue to take care of it? Give it a few exercises here and there. So you got to do it, give it a little bit of time once a week or twice a week at least. Now keep it from getting out of whack. And I think with God bless me with it, you should take full advantage of it and use it to the fullest for as long as you can. We had Dennis Duglin on uh, right before you. He was our guest today. And he uh, he's uh, called Mama's Boy and his mother trains him. I'm not sure if you're familiar. You you an encyclopedia. You know who he is. And, and he just had the wonderful, most wonderful story about being a 14-year-old boy, being in the gym with his mom and not taking boxing seriously. And he said it was your fight. He fought Telesco. He said that was the fight that changed his life, that made him really take boxing seriously, just like the swag and the energy, you really brought something different. When the young guys come to a lot, do the young guys reach out to you and and really give you your flowers and express to you how much you inspired them and kept them oh, going yeah. for it? Because a lot of the young ones seem to have a chip on their shoulder when it comes to dealing with the veterans in the sport and the people who uh, blaze the trail for them to follow on. A lot of them do have a, when they make it, when they, once they're successful, they have a problem with giving accolades back. But the ones that are on the way, they always tell you. They tell you that how, how inspirational you were to them. And, uh, you know, people like, people think that I hate Antonio Tarver, but I don't hate Tarver because Tarver always tells me that, you know, we fought as kids, I beat him, of course, but he always tells me that once he saw me in the Olympics, he was kind of bad out. You know, he was bad off out there. And he saw me in the Olympics and it gave him inspiration because he knew that we used to compete and that we were around the same age. I can win or get robbed, but really put on an Olympic gold medal winning performance in the Olympics, it inspired him to come back. And now look what look where he is. The world knows him because of me, but the world could have not known him because he could have stayed what he was doing and never made it in life. So to be able to inspire people means a lot, but for people like him to humble himself enough to come back and tell you that is a big thing. So for kids, young guys who think once they make it, they're too big to tell those people before them what, what they meant or how... I tell you another person who's very humble like this, Andre Ward. He always he texts me today and said, Hey, when we're up there at the Hall of Fame this weekend, can we hang out for a little while? Yes, of course I want to hang out with you, bro. Awesome. I remember when he he carried one of my belts to the ring before he turned professional. Wow. I want him to understand that feeling. So when he got to, to his own, he would know what that feeling was like. I never got to carry nobody's belt to the ring before I first before I got to carry my own. Mm-hmm. So I know what that was like. But I want him to understand and get that feeling before he ever experienced it. So he know. So he bought one of my belts to, to the ring and it made him love that pen. And so look what he did. He went on to become one of the best pound sound fighters himself. So you never know what the inspiration can do to a kid. Sugar and Lennon inspired me so much as a youngster that it stuck with me my whole career. So you always try to go out and reach out to these guys. Some guys appreciate it. Some guys don't. But that's not for me to do. God sees all. You know, maybe that should be a new practice because look, we just had Devin Haney yeah, he who just when he carried Zab's uh, Zab Judah's belt to the ring when he was a little boy. So maybe that is the the secret to success, <laughs> right? Carrying someone as a youngster, being inspired and carrying uh, the legend's <laughs> belt to the ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. I tell you, it's a beautiful thing because it makes you feel like they care for you, they care about you, and they care enough to entrust their belt in your hand and bring it to the ring. That means a lot. Hmm. Well, Roy, you are a legendary four-division world champion. Um, you know, when you have these kids coming up, like say, say them in pro box TV, when you're when you're vetting the fights and even looking for the young amateur, the young children, when someone comes up to you, it's they're like, oh my God, Roy, you're you're a really cool boxer, but they don't really know like the his the history of who you are. What do you tell them? Like, how do you define yourself for someone so so young that has never seen? many of your fights because they're just too young. I don't define myself. I said, well, check it out on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's a very good, yeah, why not? <laughs> For sure. You know, Roy, it's, I've always just been so impressed by just your wisdom and this, what I always liked about your commentating was just the flavor that you brought to it. You were always so unapologetically yourself. Like we talked about at the top of the show, you keep it real and keep it honest. Do you think that's lacking in boxing? Is commentating too focused now on creating narratives and all those things? Now that you are in a different venture, what do you want to do from the commentating side to continue to elevate? the game 
I always believe that coming to the shit, tell the truth as it is. Don't try to water it down and make it better than it really is because the truth will make it exactly what it is. But secondly, we as commentators in boxing, we don't care enough about our sport and about our athletes because if we did, we show our losers a little bit more respect than we show them. Mm. And like what I mean by that is a guy lose one fight in boxing, they sound like they make it sound like he's the most worthless piece of crap on earth and he should never fight again. And that's not the case So it's like, what well, we do it to ourselves through the commentary, not me per se, but I take it as a whole because I feel like that's one of the problems commentators have in boxing. If you look at the UFC, a guy can have five, six, maybe seven losses. But because of the way the commentators talk about him, he can come back and fight another guy. He may be main event next fight. All depends on how good he looks when he lost. So boxing, the commentary, has a lot to do with the way the people perceive it. And the commentary has also helped kill it because they make it sound like once a guy loses one fight, that life is over for him. And it's not. Alongside with that, social media has changed the whole direction of of just sports and just the way that we interact with each other. When you were coming up in your era, if social media had been around during that time, how do you think you would have handled that? You're a strong-minded man, but how would that have affect you, if at all, if it was around when you were in your prime? It would have made me uh, 20,000 times the money that I did make then because people didn't get social media with when there's people all over the world can engage. So now when you're doing things like at that Radio City Music Hall fight that the kid told you about, I had met the man, the red man, bring me out, and they were hot right then. You mm-hmm. hear me? They were at- mm-hmm. Then with the Houston song, God Bless America, I mean, with the, with the Houston legendary gone, you know, mm-hmm. gone now, but one of the best voices ever in music. And it was the first time, and you got to look at this good now, the first time rap music had ever been in Radio City Music Hall, a boxer made this happen. You understand me? Not a, or not a musician, not a promoter, a boxer of rap music to Radio music, Radio City Music Hall the first time it ever was there. Crazy. That is just uh, listening to that me- Method Man, Red Man, and Whitney Houston. Right? What That's a lineup. Crazy. We don't That's have crazy. that. We don't have that anymore. We have Sweet Caroline. Oh, on, God. <laughs> on Can you imagine how much the tickets would have cost? Yeah. Just tickets for a concert At of radio. Whitney, yeah. Red Man, and Method Man, let alone the fight. They're getting it along with a fight ticket. How did you guys even court? How did yeah. you set it up? Did you call them? Did they say, hey, well, we really <laughs> love Roy. We want to walk with him. <laughs> I call, I call, I call, I call, I call by the grace of God. But let me just say it like this. It's so crazy because can you imagine what they would have did on social media? Oh, my God. And Whitney Houston was saying, America, God bless America, before Roy Jones fight. Oh. You, can't, you can't even imagine putting all that together right now at one time. You know how crazy of a night that would have been on social media? Are you kidding me? Crazy. That one night alone would have showed you. Okay. God. Okay, so 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 Roy, if you were going back to the ring now, uh, who would you want to walk out with you now? Because I see some ring walks that leave much to be desired. So if you could pick some uh, people to walk with you now, who would you want now? Man, it's hard to say because you listen, God bless him, but you could always, back in the day, you could always took DMX. Mm. Oh, yeah. You can always take, can always take Scarface. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always take Matt. There's some songs you can take, uh, like Drake. Some songs you can take a Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a lot. I, matter of fact, the dude, Jake Harlow, Jake Harlow, he, he, oh, he has mm-hmm. a good song. He would make it hot right now because that's the kind of beats that I like. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a few dudes. Uh, NBA young boy I probably could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a few dudes I really could, you know, that could could do it right now. So, but I'm more of a I'm more of a motivational beat type dude. So if you listen to my music, it's gonna have most of the time beats that make you feel like you want to go do something. You understand? Because if the beat don't make me want to move and do something, then I don't like it. What's it? What's playing in your car right now? If we go turn on the car, Roy's car Old right now is playing. I'm old school. You have a lot of Scarface. You have some Public Enemy. You have some Ice Cube. You have some Snoop Dogg. You gonna have some Method Man. You gonna have some DMX. I mean, you have a lot of different stuff. You know, a lot of different stuff. Mainly come by Scarface and the Ghetto Boys. That's gonna be the most. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah he's, those are some fighting words, fighting songs yeah. to listen to. Yeah. 
I've never seen a man cry. <laughs> I haven't. Daddy, 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 daddy. God, Roy, we would love to see you back in the ring. We need to give you a why. Promoters, come on, let's let's make this Anderson Silva. I mean, <laughs> we love actually, you back in the ring. Actually, I just spoke to a guy about it today, and uh, they sound like they really want to make it happen. So oh. I'm gonna see what happens. So I'm gonna, you know, high me a strength and conditioning coach, maybe get my behind the gym every day. But if I get that and get started, oh, it's gonna be a problem now because I still got them fast hands. Yeah, still smart as ever. Yeah. I've been training people. Because I've been training people, if it bring back my IQ even more. When my IQ is there, it's a problem because I know more, I don't forgot more than most of these cats ever learned. So when they get me in the ring in shape with my IQ, I'm a problem. Ooh. Oh my God. We're going to say that we scooped it right here. Yeah, Roy Jones says he's doing the fight with Anderson Silva. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know when <laughs> and where yet it yeah. will happen. We're looking at October, maybe October. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah, we we go. Ooh, well, we're man. covering this fight, okay? We're going. Me, me, Roy, and Anderson are all the same age. We all forty-seven. Since you do love boxing, is there anyone right now, uh, current fighters that you are high on? Like anyone that you just love to watch? Any male fighters? Well, that's a lot of them I like to watch because just because of the fact that it's boxing. I love boxing. You know, let me get off my shit first. I love watching Katie Taylor and Serrano. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like them. I like Austin Estrada. Um, oh, I like uh, yeah, I like uh, Canelo, of course, B-Ball, of course. I like um, uh, Hen. I like to watch. I like Tank. I love to watch Tank. I love to watch um, Terry Crawford. Probably one of my favorites to watch right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lomachenko is one of my favorites to watch right now. Um, I like Demetrius Andre, Chris Eubanks, my own guy. I like all my own fighters, of course. Uh, <laughs> Do you like anyone yeah. that's because uh, you named a lot of world titleists right now? Is there any uh, wor- uh, contenders that you like or prospects that you're you're high on right love, now? Love Boothenis, one of my favorites. We just love had Boothenis. him on the show the other day. My God, I swear that he dude. probably thinks I'm his like number one fan. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I better be his number one fan because he's going places. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. This uh this new young uh, group of young men, Tank Boots, uh, Shakur Stevens. Sure. There is some yeah, terrific cool boy stuff. There's a yeah. the, the the sport is in good hands. Is this the best time for boxing? Better than it has been in recent years? Well, it's better than it has been in recent years, and the reason it's better than it has been in recent years is because all these guys that we just talked about are about to have to come into a. Um, a battlefield of finding out who's the best around that weight class. And that's what's been missing in boxing. Mm-hmm. We haven't had uh, where to where, like Devin Haney said, I'm willing to go to Australia to prove I'm the best. I go in his backyard and take it. And he did that. That was that was a lost arc. Since my time, that had been gone. And nobody been out there fighting it and doing it like that since I left. And I was hating because that presence hasn't been there. That's what the old heads left me with. King of the hill. You the champ, you the champ. You fight whoever come at you for your title. When I called in Radio City Music Hall that night, my left hand was so messed up that I couldn't make a real fist. Mm. But because I had met the man, Red Man, Whitney Houston, I went back and I, I said, if God didn't want me to do it, it would have broke completely. I didn't break completely. I just fractured the bed. Well, as good as I was back then, I felt like I could beat anybody with one hand. Though my strong hand, it shouldn't have been. I rather fight with my weekend because I do more of my weekend than doing strong hand. My weekend was hurt. That's not like that you fight with your strong hand because you don't throw it as much. But I knew that if God didn't want me to do that, my hand would have broke completely. It didn't break completely. I was not about to let that chance pass me, let those people down, or miss out on that beautiful opportunity to be the first person to bring rap music to Radio City Music Hall. Wow. Wow, just even that, just the it's such a legendary place, Radio City Music Hall, to have all of those stellar guests, to have Roy in the ring and knowing your story about your left hand. I mean, it's it's a movie. It's really a movie that's playing out as you say it. Oh, wow. You know, I hope that uh, these young fighters are listening to you. I feel like that's what's lacking in the sport. Just listening to you talk to us, you are still so passionate about the sport. There's a lot of people who just seem so lackadaisical about it that it's just, you know, they're punching the clock and coming in the ring, and it's not really their life. This is still your life. Yep. If you don't love it, why are you doing it? 
Mm-hmm. If you gonna make people, uh, a lot of people to pay attention to you, if you gonna give, they're gonna give you their time to pay attention, then make it worth their while so they wanna give you the time next time. I think, you know, with a lot of the fighters, and we've noticed this now, um, even though there's social media, a lot of fighters don't give the media the time. And they've said it. This is how Leonard Ellerby even said it when he was talking about Floyd's upcoming. Floyd gave the media the time. He spoke to everyone and last reporter that ever waited for him. And some of these, these young people waiting, they're just all about the money, which is totally fine, and all about the show, the knockout, but there's still the come up. There's still your story of you need to get your story out because everyone has a story. They have a backstory of how they got to where they are, and they don't ever show that, and that's what makes boxing. Yep, because if you know the story, it makes you want to follow it because it may be something that you can relate to. When people find stuff that they can relate to, they follow it. That's why Scarface is my favorite artist. He's rapped about things that I can relate to. So we talked about, we touched upon uh, the Devin Haney fight that took place this week. And what did you think of, of the Haney fight? It was a clear, decisive victory. Went over there, dared to be great. And also, I wanted to ask you, they have a negotiated rematch. They have a contractual obligation to do that. Is there ever, I don't know if you even know the answer to this, but... It was such a dominant victory. Is there ever a case where a fighter can get out of a rematch contractual obligation? Yes. Oh. Oh. Yes. The champ. The champ. The champion always can decline it. When I beat James Turner, we had an automatic rematch, but he didn't want to come back and make one six eight again. So he said, "Nah, he didn't want to do it, so he declined." So we didn't have to do it. The champ. The, the guy who was was champ when it happened, or whoever demands the rematch, was usually is the champ. And the reason he demands rematch because is because usually he didn't have to fight you. So since he didn't have to fight you, he give you an opportunity if you beat him. At least give him a chance to redeem himself. That's what the automatic rematch cause is all about. Well, if the champ chooses to say, I can't beat him, then he can let it go and definitely gonna do whatever he wanna do. But I doubt if he's gonna let it go. I think Campos is probably definitely gonna try to fight him again because yeah. he's gonna realize that he fought absolutely the wrong fight. And um Devin came out, he gave Devin a chance to beat Devin. If you let Devin be Devin, Devin gonna be great, because Devin is destined to be great. If you let Devin be comfortable and be Devin, Devin gonna kill you. And that's what happened. In, in this rematch, because obviously George believed that he said uh, in his post-fight presser that he felt that he he landed a lot more shots and he felt it was a close fight. A lot of people thought it was a close fight. And, and obviously a lot of people saw it as maybe two rounds to George. If this rematch is activated, can George change up the game plan? Because obviously he wanted to go in a firefight with Haney, but Haney was not allowing that. Can George... Uh, how can George be victorious in this sense if Haney's going to fight the same type of well, fight by using his jab well, and his distance? First thing is, George better go face reality first. You got your behind beat almost 12 or 12 rounds. You may have got one or two they gave you, but you lost really almost 12 or 12 rounds. So you need to pay attention to face reality, first thing. You lost the fight by a big margin, how we do it. We gave you three rounds. You still lost the fight by a big margin because you fought the wrong fight. Go back, face reality, look at what you got to do to have an opportunity or have your best chance to win the fight. And go back and fight that fight. That's all you're going to make it. Don't go out and make excuses saying about how close you thought it was. That was not close at all. It's not It's not food ourselves. If you think that was close, you're never going to be there because he that was a whitewash. So if you think that was close, you can forget a rematch because you ain't going to beat it because you're going to think you're close again and you thought that was close and you don't know what getting the whitewashed did because that was not close at all. So if you face reality, come back and fight him the way you should have fought him the first time and people will have a chance to believe it could be a good fight, it could be a better fight and that you still got a chance to win. If you come out and try to box the boxer again, you're going to get out boxing again. Simple as that. So whose fault is that, do you think? Do you think the coroner gave him bad advice? They had ample time to prepare and study Devin Haney and study tape in his style. So was it a case, do you think, of George Camboso's not listening to his coroner or them just giving him the wrong advice? I just think they all had the wrong game plan. His coroner, him, I think everybody had the wrong game plan. Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. It was a decisive fight. It, it was, was a very a decisive fight. fight. Uh, and yep. then uh, last question, because I know we're going to have to wrap soon. Um, we have, we just saw that Anthony Joshua has his rematch with Usyk, and he's going to be, he, he has now added Robert Garcia into the mix. Uh, I've asked uh, Derek James the same question. I want to hear your answer since you are a professional fighter. Does adding another person in the mix to help with Joshua's game plan against Usyk, can it benefit him or will he revert back to his normal style? It could benefit him, but more than likely if he's not getting rid of the people he had before, he's yeah. going to revert back to his normal style. Because it's one thing to change, it's another thing to add. When you change, you change because you want to make changes. When you add, that means you don't feel nothing wrong, you just need a little bit more added. In my case with him, I think he needs to make a few changes in order to be Usyk. But you no, know, Robert could add a little bit they need to add it because he wasn't fought off the first time. He just fought the wrong game plan. Mm -hmm. If Robert can change that game plan, then that could make a difference right away because he is the bigger guy. However, if he don't change that game plan immediately and don't see success from that change, he's going to revert back to old, old Joshua. Do you think that is a, a, a good pairing of them? Because the style of Robert Garcia and his fighters is very aggressive, come forward. There have been people who say that Joshua's chin is a little... Testy. Testy, uh, a little suspect. Is that a good coaching student pairing? And it's not any disrespect to either of them. Joshua's talented. Robert Garcia is incredible. Hall of Famer, future Hall yeah. of Famer. Former is, fighter, too. Former fighter. Is that a good pairing of the two styles? Depends. Depends. Because if you look at the fight right now, Usyk is not the biggest puncher either. He know, he, he's, not, he's not known as a puncher for his weight. So I don't think the knockout power would be so pre prevalent as the outcome of the fight. I don't mean he can't knock him out because he can, but He's not known as a big one-shot guy. So if to come forward is what Joshua should have done the first time, so they're going to use Garcia to make him go forward more, I think that's a great idea and a great plan and a great marriage for that part of it. But does Usyk know this? Because if Usyk knows that that's what they're about, what they're about to do, then he's going to go make some changes to prepare for that too. And um, if he does that, they're going to be in for some issues. But also, you got to add in the fact that is at war with Russia right now, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of other things that gonna be on Usyk's mind. Mm -hmm. So you may be able to catch, you know what I'm saying? You may be able to get in and get up under them, catch them not quite as focused because so much other reality is going on that he may not be able to focus good. And that would be another good thing to do, jump on him while he's shifted, still trying to make his mind up because in a way your country could be at war and then not have no effect on you at all. It, it has to affect you. Right, So yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Roy, we could sit here and talk to you For all real. day. You know what? Can you do us a favor? Can you tell one of your besties, Andre Ward, we would love him on the show. Yes. We tweeted at him and We've we got no response. We've been stalking him, too. <laughs> we haven't slid in the DMs yet. <laughs> I did. Let me tell you one more thing, because y'all are women. And y'all will be the first to get this, but I want y'all to understand that this is really a true statement. A lot of people criticize people for what they do, you know? And I catch a lot of criticism for a lot of things that I do or that I've done in my past, right? But one thing I did was, because I love boxing, I love sports, I was able to become a dual citizen of Russia yeah. because of my boxing. I can they love boxing so much, right? Well, right now, everybody's all in uproar about the same thing I'll be in uproar about, which is Brittany Griner. Yes. Well, I have a friend exactly. in my... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a friend in Miami, and I've tried to tell this to the United States people that my friend told me today again, because I've been inquiring and inquiring and inquiring about it. My friend told me today that there's a thing they want to do. They want to make a swap. But they're willing to make a swap, Brittany Griner, if the United States government would get involved and make the swap. So people talking about getting a home, they talk about the lawyer. I, mean, I think her, her uh, spouse or whatever is talking about a lawyer that they got to rush. They don't take all that. I have people that's in this country that spoke to them that said that they can get her home in, 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 in exchange. And from what I heard from a lawyer, the United States would be willing to do that exchange to get her home. So I hope that we will pay attention and the people understand that that's why it's good to have some time 
sports relationship because it goes beyond the political stuff. You feel me? Yeah. Because of my sports relationship with them, they're willing to law, at least tell me what, what they're willing to do for us to try to get a home. So I hope that the United States would back me on it and that we all could go and make something happen to get her home. But I am trying my best just because of, like I said, not my political, I don't do politics, but because of my sports ambassador awareness all over the world. Yeah. Because of my personality as a sportsman, they wouldn't have talked to me about another sportsman. And I'll be willing to do whatever I got to do, which even if it's got to put my life on line and go to myself to try to go make the pop and kill her, I'm willing to go do that. Wow. So y'all the first to hear, but that's what the facts are. Thank you. Thank you. We are absolutely yep. going to amplify, amplify, amplify this. She's been there, I think it's now 101 wow. or 102 days. Um, yeah. And there's yeah, been bring, no movement got, of bringing got, got her home. You got, got me teary oh. thinking about it because I feel so bad. Because she, but I, but, um, you know, it's a situation that we need to fix. And like I said, it's just crazy what, because of my affiliation with him, I wouldn't take the camera to go there and try to go get so. No, thank there you. There it is. Well, yes, thank you for bringing the awareness because thank it's not spoken enough. Mm -hmm. uh, we just always hear free nope. her mm -hmm. and for the reason why she's there, but we don't really know the backstory and what everything that's going on because of what's going on with Russia and, and Ukraine, sadly. Yes. So, but yes, we will definitely, uh, we will clip this and then just get this out immediately for uh, for all to hear. But thank you, Roy. We appreciate you. Thank you. And we support I appreciate you. It. Yeah. So um, I know, Roy, we got to let you go. And uh, but we're gonna have to have you back on the show once again. We're gonna uh, we would love to have all of the boys. We, we eventually we were we're interviewing Tarver Marquez, uh, yeah. Gary himself, uh, Polly. Yeah. But they would be fun just to have all of you boys on the toe to, uh, toe on the show talk uh, boxing with us ladies because we know our shit. That's right. <laughs> no, and y'all do know y'all stuff. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Right. Always a pleasure and an honor. Congratulations again on your new venture, Pro Box TV. We are going to put the information in the description of the show. $1.99 a month. You cannot beat that. You're going to get some great fights. We got some legendary people who are behind it. And congratulations again on your new venture. Thank yeah. you. Tell them, Thank boys, you. that we want them on the show. And please tell Andre Ward. <laughs> Awesome. Thank right, you, thank Joy. Have a great day. Right. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible story. I mean, I just from the, from the beginning of the conversation and into something I did not expect this for him to even get teary eyed because I didn't know. You know, we don't bring up politics on this show because we're just not that type of show. Right. But um, I know he is the Aiba um, ambassador for uh, in Russia. But for him to say that, and yes, it's kind of like, what's his name? Uh, that one basketball player that goes to South Korea, or North Korea. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who I'm talking about. Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's, you know what? He's not, they're not in politics. They're sportsmen that people people look up to and respect. So hopefully things can happen um, and hopefully she gets free. So, And that's very brave on his behalf because we don't know he is an ambassador. He has dual yeah. citizenship, but we just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know what the reaction or reception to. Mm -hmm. So it's very brave. Salute to you, Roy Jones Jr. We love it. Yeah. So uh, it's incredible stories he told us and just him uh, talking about his hand. I didn't know that. I, I don't know that I don't, either. I don't even think that was out and it's ever been written about, but the magnitude of that kind of fight back then and Imagine that kind of fight now Ugh. with social media. Yeah, it would be a would million times bigger. But uh, but wow, it's just to know that that's like we had boxing royalty on our show. Royalty, wow. best women's boxing show, period. All right. On that note, guys, we're going to have to wrap up. But uh, again, this was a fantastic show. Okay. This wasn't a great show. This was a flipping fantastic show for us put a pin in it mm -hmm. put a pin in it and when you start uh anybody who's watching when you start doing sports emmys oh yeah we small but we mighty yeah we are right <laughs> we are okay guys we're gonna wrap this one up another one in the can make sure you guys like share subscribe all of our videos on our youtube channel our tiktok our instagram all of this stuff we are throwing some more fire content it's coming it's coming we're just editing away um again i am cynthia conte and i'm giandra labeouf see you guys at the fights bye guys that was, that was so can, fucking dope can